0: This is The Tortoise, the podcast all about the possibilities of slow. I am your host, Brooke McCallery, and I'm joined by Ben McCallery, my co-host.
1: Wonderful to be here with you today.
0: Likewise, my dear.
1: In our last episode for 2023.
0: I know, let's bring this energy up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right.
1: Well, let me just have a little sip of my coffee. Hopefully, um, those playing along at home, you have a appropriate beverage listening and hopefully relaxing into the last part of the year.
0: Yes, that would be wonderful if everyone could take a minute and um, yeah, soften into what's been a year. It's quite been a, a year.
1: Quite a big year. <laughs> what's not big year though?
0: That's, that's exactly right. I remember we, I think we ended last year or started this year by really minimizing our expectations. Yeah. We said, 2023, please don't suck. And I think we achieved that goal. How did that go? <laughs> For the most part, yeah. I feel like we achieved that goal. And I think that's good because that's life, right? You're going to have parts that that are crappy. But I, if exactly. you look back and feel like it's way outweighed by the parts that aren't, how lucky.
1: I think twenty. 20- 2020, 2021, parts of 2022, mm-hmm. barely a pass mark for years, but yep. I feel like 2023 has been more positive overall.
0: Yeah. I was going to say this to the end, but we're here now. So why not? Do you have a word or a thought or an idea that would sum up your 2023? Sorry, I just chucked you in the deep end on that one.
1: Patience, Ooh. I think, is a big one for
0: 2023. three. Mhm. As in you learnt it or you needed it? Both. Okay.
1: Needed it at the start. Yep. Learned it by the end.
0: Hmm. What about you? Healing.
1: Okay. Yep. yep.
0: For me, it's been a hugely healing year. Lots of learning, lots of letting go, lots of recalibration towards something a little bit gentler, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, fiercer.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Like stripping a lot away, a lot of expectations and shoulds away in order to find something a little bit closer to the center of things. Like, yeah, I don't, I've actually, in spite of all of its down parts, I've, I've quite enjoyed this year. I feel like it's been a really pivotal year.
1: Definitely bumpy, a oh, bumpy yeah. road, both from a macro level and a micro level.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: We, yeah, we've had some like really wonderful experiences and we're going to go through like our annual, what would you call it? Like a, I think we
0: call it a top 10 list, top but it's 10 sort lists? of like yeah. an alternate top 10 list, alternative top 10 list, because it's not just like favorite book, favorite movie. There is that, but then there's also favorite meal, favorite experience, favorite discovery, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um or or a top rather than a favorite. Because if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you know that I cannot pick favorites of anything. You'll be like, "Favorite book," and I'll be like, "Here's 17 that I read and loved."
1: Now, I'm going to ask you right now with the with the top 10 list. Mm-hmm. Do you have alternates, or if yes. you can just name one? No,
0: I can't. Oh well, my look, gosh! Um,
1: I think the rule should be: uh, <laughs> no, if, if no. either of us repeat, like if we, if I say my favorite book and it's your favorite book, then you get to say another one.
0: Oh, that's horrible. Okay, well, do you know I why? Mean, do you know why I struggle with this with books in particular?
1: I guess there's rules, and I guess then there's Brooks' rules.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to call them. Suggestions, like or loose guidelines. Uh, the reason I struggle with books in particular is because, as someone who has written a few books, I know how much blood, sweat, and tears go into every creation. And I'm sure that sa- the same is obviously to be said for musicians and painters and sculptors and everything. But you know, um, but just it, it just feels. I don't know, more personal. So I will very rarely say that I did not enjoy a book,
1: even
0: if if I really, it didn't, it wasn't my thing Mm -hmm. because I know how much goes into the effort in it. And I know that applies to virtually everything that everyone does, but that is why I do really struggle with. Naming a book in particular. Okay. So all if right. you can forgive well, me that, then I will okay. deliver yep. one of everything else. All the
1: rest, all the rest, you get the book, uh, as a cop out. <laughs> um, so why? So while the the list will go through, often sort of goes through like really positive moments for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also been some hard moments. Oh, yeah. And and most recently having to say goodbye to our little podcast companion, Cash, Cash the Dog, Yeah, who um, we had to put down early in December.
0: He left us, yeah. Yeah. He did. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I was a real wreck and still am, like, um, I had a good cry yesterday. I just miss him. Mm. Like, you know, you've got someone around, part of your family for 12 years mm and some someone who just brings love and affection and trust with no questions asked uh you you miss that kind of energy so um yeah it was it was really tough um but it couldn't have been better for him like we knew that uh he w- his health was failing uh and had been for probably 12, 12 months. months yeah and increasing n- amounts of medication, things had helped him. And we really thought we were going to lose him a few months ago. And our vet uh, gave us kind of one more Hail Mary, and he didn't think it was going to work, but we got extra everything. Three to four months. Yeah. Yeah. With Kashi, and that was such a blessing. Um, so when the time came this time around and the vet said, look, there is, we've, that's it, We've we've done all we can. Knowing that, I think, and knowing that he was comfortable and happy and up until three days before, I think, he was still going for his little walks and, you know, eating and doing all the things that he absolutely loved doing. So how lucky is that?
1: Yeah, it is amazing. And it was, I don't know what is worse having, you know, saying the long goodbye or or happening suddenly. Maybe the long goodbye is better because, yeah, we just got a bit more time and we got and we we're very conscious of that time too, which yeah. is nice.
0: Yeah, I just think I just see that we were very fortunate. Yeah. Um, and he went out ways. so gracefully hmm. too, yeah. um,
1: which was really nice and not what what I was expecting because we had been warned.
0: Yeah. Otherwise. Otherwise. Yeah. But so anyway, uh, you know, one thing that has been really wonderful out of, out of it, I wrote a little post about him a few weeks ago, and the support and love that I received through that and the emails that I received after writing that post have just been so beautiful. Um, but also the conversations that we've had with people since I've had phone calls from friends I haven't spoken to in months just to check in. And, you know, I just think that, um, that's really touched me Yeah. in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah. And that if, if, you can see that as a blessing to come from something really sad, then that's also wonderful. But yeah, I'm just sad. I just mm. miss him. Mm. Yeah, he was my little mate. <laughs> so anyway, you know what? This is the perfect example of a lesson that I have learnt this year and really taken to heart. Previously, I would have found it incredibly awkward and painful to then segue into a light. Positive really? comment. Yeah, really? yeah, I would. Because I would feel like shifting gears into happy and, you know, nice memories or whatever would feel like I was diminishing the sad thing or the hard thing I had previously spoken about. And I think it's a hangover from social media because um, back in the day, I was very much in that kind of social media space where you would post about whatever horrible tragedy had just occurred. And then I would become paralyzed about posting something, like a flower or a dog or something whimsical or whatever afterwards because I'd, I'd feel like that was um, dishonouring or disrespectful of the terrible thing that I had just shared about. Um, and I think I've realised this year that actually that's just life. Like the day that Cash died, I laughed my ass off and bawled my eyes out. Yeah. And both were real and fine. Yeah. Like I've reflected on it before when dad was in hospital, really grim. I, same thing. No, it's not the same thing as a dog. But same same swing between, you know, wild emotions. No of, thanks, chairman. No, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: offense,
0: no offense, Pete. Um, you know, we would be bawling our eyes out and, and wondering what was going to happen and like laughing and, mm. you know, laughing hysterically. Five minutes later. So all that to say that I think has been one of my big lessons of this year is that both can exist in pretty much the same space at the same time and that doesn't make you like vapid or um, shallow. It makes you human.
1: Do you think that's just an evolution of your emotional maturity too?
0: Probably, yeah. And just allowing it, right? Like allowing myself to have – that full spectrum of feeling in a very concentrated time timeframe.
1: I, ha- I say that just from that sort of bumper sticker message because I just don't like giving any weight to social media and how it impacts our actions, even though it does. I understand that. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just trying to distance myself so much from it. It's
0: no, I get it, but yeah. I think it's been helpful for me to unpack why I have felt like that for so long, and I think it's because. And to be fair, I existed much more heavily in that world than you ever have. Like in terms of professionally, it was part of per, my job. Like
1: personally, yes, I yeah. agree, totally agree.
0: So in terms of how I absorbed things, how I um, overthought things, for sure it was always going to affect me in a different way to you. And I get what you're saying and I'm exactly the same this year. I'm like social media can go jump in the lake. But I do think that my hesitancy to exist in that full spectrum of emotion in a short period of time is a hangover of social media as well. Yeah. And we've seen that. I've seen so many people I know either opt out completely of social media this year because they're like everyone was expecting them to have an opinion on all of the world events, and if you didn't, then you're a coward. Yes. But if you did, you weren't. You didn't deserve to have an opinion because you weren't an international rights like specialist. You weren't a historian. You weren't. You know what I mean? Like you. You didn't. You weren't allowed to take up that space, but you had to because you've got a voice. So use it. It was a completely unwinnable position for people to be in. So I've seen a lot of people just opt all the way out and I'm glad that that's not a space that I inhabit anymore. Yeah. So anyway, that was unexpected.
1: That's great. And uh, it lays the platform now for us to move on to something a little bit more lighthearted and that's our top 10 list. Mm -hmm. We'd love you to play uh, Mm. play. At home.
0: Play along at home.
1: Play along at home. Yep. Play at home as well. Just play. <laughs> Just play. Uh and to do this, all you've got to do is visit Substack, visit the relevant uh show notes for this podcast, and share your top 10 as well. Because, and this is why I really like it, it influences our inputs for next year. Oh, totally. Like yeah. it it really does. Like uh, the amount of times that I've had, and especially with books, I think for you. Yep. But recommendations from people, oh, it's just so good. Yeah. And it's a great time of year to do it because it we tend to take a break in the Southern Hemisphere this time of year. Uh, and, yeah, you get to enjoy all these different things and you have more time for them. So please do do share your top ten and tell us if we're really wrong or really right as well.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tell us if you agree with our tastes or not. Uh I kept a logbook for the first eight months of this year. So I've written about it and mentioned it a few times. Austin Kleon's inspired me to do this, but it's just a a little page to a day notebook that I keep on my desk. And every morning I would get up and I would write just a really brief rundown of the day before. And that would include things like little moments or details or someone said something funny and I wanted to remember it, but also TV shows that we watched Um, A movie, a book that I finished, a substack I discovered, whatever it might have been. And that has proven incredibly helpful for remembering or Mm. bringing back to mind those little moments and those reminders of things that I did like and read and eat. Um, I fell off, I think it must have been when I got the flu, like kind of in winter, spring this year, and I really fell out of the habit of it and didn't quite get it back, which I um,
1: when did you actually write it in the morning of yeah, the day after? Yeah, in the
0: morning of the yeah. day after, yeah. yeah. Uh, so eight months is still by far the longest I've ever kept up a habit like that and I'll definitely do it again this year. So it's been really helpful for me to flick back through that as I've been putting together this list. That's all I was getting at with that. But um,
1: So it's helped you?
0: It has very much helped me, not only with this episode but just in pulling – back to the front of mind things to be grateful for or yeah. things that have brought me joy or moments that we've spent together or whatever yeah. you know yeah i think it's just a reminder of all the amazing things that happen that we tend to forget yeah yeah we think we won't but we do okay
1: all right well we've been joined by our other podcast four-legged companion
0: joey joey
1: He's probably the louder of the <laughs> two. But anyway, let's um let's get into it. Uh we'll do alternates. So you go first. I'm gonna ask you what your favorite TV. Oh, the other thing before I forget. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. These are not necessarily things that have been produced and made and have come oh, out in twenty twenty three. It's just
0: things that we've consumed. It's just,
1: it's just stuff that we've we've consumed for me most of it is in 2023 but not all yeah i just want to make that clear okay so we're not cheating
0: (laughs) tv (laughs) um tv TV show. show my favorite tv show of the year one of my top tv shows of the year i will say is the bear i loved it i think about it all the time season two was even better than season one It was chaotic.
1: Which I didn't think it would be. No, I I would have thought it would be very hard to top season one, but I do agree. I I think I preferred season two.
0: Yeah, and I thought season one was brilliant. Do
1: we watch season one this year? No. No, last last year. year. Last year.
0: I just thought it was brilliant. Everyone talks about the episode Fishes, which is a manic, overwhelming, anxiety inducing masterclass of acting. But my favorite episode was actually Forks, which was Richie's story. And I still get like weirdly choked up about this episode because it had the most beautiful character arc and redemption story. And I just, I really related to like the joy that he found when he found his. Purpose and it was perfectly summed up in that scene where he was singing Taylor Swift in the car. Yes. I, I yeah. genuinely found that incredibly emotional. Mm. So that was my favourite. Um, what about you? And
1: not surprising because the bears, like everyone's. Oh, favorite. I know, and I know. My, and it's definitely my favourite. So for, the, for this reason, I, I did write it down, but I have an alternative as well. I'm so curious
0: what your alternative is because I also had an alternative.
1: Okay, so. This is gonna be funny if it is the same yeah. alternative. And I I'm willing to put twenty dollars on the line okay. that it is. Uh Welcome to Wrexham. No. I've just lost twenty dollars. You did. Welcome to Wrexham, uh fantastic doco series mm-hmm. that uh and, and I'm sure you all know about it, but for those that don't, it's a it's um, basically, the story of Ryan Reynolds, famous Hollywood actor, and a guy that. called Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Bracklevania, who is. McElhenny. who is equally a champion. Yeah. Um, always sunny in Philadelphia, founder, creator, star. Uh, they buy a struggling tier four uh, English football or Welsh based football team, uh, side. And team and stadium and it just it's I just love it like it's that underdog story Mm -hmm. it's clever it's funny uh I certainly loved season two better than I did season one season one was a little bit like explain like too explanatory kind of yeah, base, so it, basic sort of. I think and I they think made was it probably for, very written for an American audience. Exactly, they made it but for a broad audience. Season two is just like a wonderful, like fairy tale story, and I, yep. I just, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it.
0: It was just feel good.
1: Yeah, and and it's just so human. Yeah, I like, really. Everything it. is so human, and while these, what I call sports stars, they're like, they're fourth, they were fourth tier players. So, quite a lot of them had other jobs. Yep, and so it wasn't perfect. It's not. Regarded as professional. I think it's the one below professional. Isn't it? Um, the one above it is like a more professional. Um, yeah. And it's just so human, so wonderful, so authentic, and made me really like Rob and um, Ryan mm. even more, even mm. though, yeah. Yeah. No,
0: that was that was very cool. My alternative. Uh, no. Oh.
1: You know, go on. What it was, was
0: The you? Office. Okay. We're the last people on earth to have discovered it but we watched the entire the, nine series the,
1: this year The American Office The
0: American office yes um, just because we all watched it together as a family and that delighted me. Okay moving on Favorite small detail of the year.
1: Small detail of the year I guess it's regarded as a small detail but when the snow was falling on our lawn oh, in May
0: yeah this year that's right
1: it was unbelievable Yeah. First of all, just based on the time of year, it was falling. Yeah, But it collected, it settled, it reminded me of Canada. It was magic. Like it was unbelievable. Yeah. Like the furniture was covered, the grass was mm-hmm. covered. You know, that sound, that iconic crunching sound we got for a couple of hours. Excuse me while I <clears throat> turn my head away. Um, Oh, it was so precious and I love the way that, you, you were, I think it was you that discovered it. It was like, I don't know, 8 o'clock at 8.30 at night. And you're like, quick, everyone come here. And I'm like, there's a wild animal in the backyard. That's what I immediately thought. Because you were like panicking. Was, was I? Yeah. Okay. It sounded it.
0: <laughs> so To the,
1: me, it did.
0: In my retelling. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I came out into the back room to close the curtains and there had been a full moon like the night before and I looked outside and I'm like, wow, that full moon is so, like everything looks silver. It looks like it's covered in snow. And I looked a little bit closer and I'm like, it is covered in snow, like a proper five, seven centimetres. And then I was like very calmly, not at all panicking. Hey, guys, <laughs> come out here. Nope. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but then we opened the door and you could all you could hear were kids laughing and squealing outside and like our neighbors behind us, um, like an older couple, they were outside like like laughing and giggling and it just brought out the child and everyone. It was, yeah, I had. So unexpected. It was wonderful. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Thank you. What's yours? Mine is a very small detail. I was pruning the garden um, and noticed a stick insect in the garden and just watching that stick insect like moving. So so apparently it sent me on a little bit of a – like down a rabbit hole of stick insects, um, and it was sort of like rocking really slightly on the twig that it was clinging to, and it looked like it had a baby stick insect clinging to its back, but from all the reading I did, I don't think that that's actually how they operate, so maybe – they were mating I don't know but like it was just phenomenal to me when to the
1: leaf is rocking don't. <laughs> knock it.
0: it's very good um phenomenal to me that the entire unseen world around us that is there for us to notice and so often we don't like I love those little reminders those little moments those little pockets of attention that we give to the small things because they so often tend to remind me of all the things to be um, like all the things
1: that it's deserve awe. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I liked that one.
1: Yeah, that's a really nice one. Yeah. Favorite movie for the year? We don't watch a lot of movies. I this year a, we did like not. Like I struggled to kind of come up with, and I'm not really happy with my choices, but oh, okay. um, it is what it is. Like I, I think I probably watched... No more than five movies this year.
0: Yeah, this year was light on for movies, for sure. Um, there was one that I rem- just remembered that we actually did see this year, which I think might clinch it.
1: Okay, far away. Okay.
0: Oh, I don't like that. I've backed myself into a corner now and saying I can only say one thing: Guardians of the Galaxy Three.
1: It was my my one. Was as well. it? Yeah. Sorry, but yeah. I've got I've got an alternative. My
0: other one was also good. Um. Yeah, I have not cried that much in a movie in a very, 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 very long time. I
1: Knowing what's just happened with us and losing cash oh, could, and watching that, like mm, there's no way mm, I could watch mm, that. I barely could get through it before.
0: So it was a really cool experience though. So we went with the kids on a Saturday night and I couldn't tell you, I don't think we've ever done that before. Um, We went and watched Guardians 3 because we all collectively really enjoy Guardians movies. Um, and then we went out for dinner afterwards, but it, we sat in a movie theater full. It was full of people. And I can't remember the last time I sat in a packed cinema. And it, even that was, there's was something really lovely about that too. You know, a couple of years ago, I didn't think that would ever happen again when we're all locked away at home. Um, yeah, but Guardians 3 was very... Heart felt bordering on emotionally manipulative
1: <laughs> I think so and that's what it was criticized as yeah. just a bit obtuse in that way
0: Yeah but I did I really loved it I I did yeah. love it I thought it was um yeah. it was it was fun in spite of the fact that it also ripped my heart out of my chest Yeah Yeah what yeah. about you
1: Hopefully we watch this this year Oh Glass Onion a Knives Out Mystery mm. Mhm I think we did.
0: I'm pretty sure it was this year. yes. I'm pretty sure it was this year. Yeah, um,
1: mine was mine was Guardians as well, but this is my backup. Mm-hmm. Loved the first movie, and the second movie was really good as well. Yep, like really good. Um, I love that. I love Daniel Craig. Like he's huh. such a great actor. I he do plays play, that yeah. plays that role so well, and so do you. Apparently, no, I was being Michael Scott, but <laughs> oh, okay. uh, and it's so funny. So the common theme. With both those movies, is Dave Batista. So, we oh, must, yeah. We must be just big Dave Batista fans. He's pretty
0: funny. He's a funny yeah, guy. Yeah, he's I was, good. Listen to a podcast with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, again, had forgotten about that one, too. Um, but they are very stylish movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I like a Houdin. Yeah. I like a good Houdin. Yeah, who it? I
1: didn't mm-hmm. realize I liked them, but I really, really do. I like
0: them when they're done well. Yes.
1: Yeah. We'll have to do a murder mystery night, maybe.
0: Maybe. Uh, Maybe we... Uh, do declare. I do declare there's been another murder. Um. Okay. New destination. Oh,
1: I may change this just on a whim right now. Go for it. Based then. on just what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. But in early January uh, this year, we discovered a new local spot to ride our... I'm not going to give it away, but to ride our... Uh, paddle boards oh yeah it's just a it's like a magic little I don't know creek estuary estuary like yeah Yeah. I don't don't know it's an inlet inlet and it is so tidal and it's so different no matter what time of day and it's just the current could be coming and it could be really strong Mm -hmm. and it could Like actually, if you're swimming in it, like tow you Mm -hmm. and it can be really deep in places. And then other times it's like a sandbar and it's, you know, like you can go out where the river normally, where the water's running and just sit there on the sand.
0: Yeah. It's very beautiful. It's so
1: beautiful. It's so transformative. And and it's just wonderful to float on a paddleboard and, you know, when it's not raining cats and dogs like it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that was my favorite new destination. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear yours.
0: Um, mine was Werry Beach in Jeringong. So we went there with your family for a few days in winter. And I think the reason it's my favorite new destination of the year is because of what we did there. So I remember I was struggling a lot health wise while we were away, really like a lot of pain and fatigue and... The first afternoon that we were there, I was quite upset and frustrated by that, I think, by how I was feeling. And we went and sat on the beach and you and I both went for a swim and it was freezing. Like it was ice bath cold. Oh, yeah. In the middle of winter. It was a nice day, but it was still winter and chilly. And even though I still felt pretty ordinary, I remember feeling alive. Like I felt it really... It felt healing. It felt incredible, and we did that every day the whole time we were there. And on the last day, your entire family got in with us, and that was so cool. That was I really enjoyed that. I liked that a lot.
1: Yeah, that was really special. Yeah, love Werry Beach.
0: It's just a beautiful spot too. Yeah. Really beautiful yeah. spot. All
1: right, now now to the category <laughs> that we've all been waiting for, which may take a podcast in itself.
0: I've tried very hard.
1: All right, let's hear it. What's your favourite book for 2023?
0: So the year began. Oh, no. (laughs) With House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Clune, which was so lovely and warm and weird and funny and such a good place to start. I feel like I've had a good reading year and because I put away all of the shoulds. Like I used to think that I should be reading all of these literary masterpieces that, I mentioned it in one of my recent letters. I said something about, you know, all the literary books that real writers are talking about. I read things that I wanted to read rather than what I felt like I should be reading, and I think it has fueled me in a completely different way. So I read a lot of fantasy because I love fantasy, like small fantasy and epic fantasy and everything in between. Um, I read in the last three months I've read all of Lee Bardugo's books, so the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Six of Crows and King of Scars series. Uh, were, they been... re-
1: were they listener recommendations?
0: Uh, possibly. I feel like, one of those I feel like Shadow would... and Bone might have been, and yeah, then I just Shadow fell into the Grisha verse. Right. Yeah. Uh, really loved that. I loved Kate Armstrong's book called Nightbirds. I loved Amy Kaufman's most recent book, Isles of the Gods. Like, I loved, loved, loved that book. And if I had to pick one of the year, it might be Isles of the Gods. A, because I loved it so much, B, because it got our 14-year-old out of a year-long slump, reading slump, and she has just fallen in love with reading again because of reading Ours of the Gods. And she and I have spoken endlessly about books and fantasy worlds and stuff as a result of that. Um, so if... I had to choose one. I think that would be it. Okay. Um,
1: Notable mention?
0: So, so many. Holly by Stephen King yep. was really creepy. Yeah. I loved it.
1: I can't wait to read that. That's next on my list, Holly. Yeah. yeah. I'm about year and a half behind you on books. But the beauty about, me, I guess, the advantage with me is you devour books and then I go, would I like this? Yes. And then you go, yes, no, yes, maybe. Like, I love that. It's your, yeah. You're my, like, I don't know, I use you as, like, my writing word. Which is
0: interesting because I feel like your tastes have changed. You used to be very much biographies. Oh, and
1: I still do. I still love them. But I just don't r- read them as much because you don't buy Cause them.
0: I, well, because <laughs> I don't read them typically exactly so i wouldn't recommend them yeah um but in saying that when i pick up a good like musician biography or something like i still really i enjoyed Slash's biography a few years ago um i just wouldn't grab one first yeah but you're yeah, reading like brandon sanderson's books started now. started brandon
1: sanderson's books yeah because of you i've yeah like i've
0: what was the
1: one that I read?
0: But actually, trilogy? you were the one who put me on to Brandon Sanderson. It, I was, yeah, because I, I heard of it from a podcast. On a gaming podcast, yeah. yeah.
1: Recommendation. Um, the trilogy? What was, that, what was that trilogy that you put me on? The Passage? Yeah. Justin Cronin? I just couldn't get through it. Yeah, you struggled I gave to up on that. the last that made, book.
0: That made me sad that you finished, struggled yeah, to finish I just, that. I
1: don't know. I, I really enjoyed the first two books, but for some reason I just fell out of love with it. I just felt like it was dragging on too long. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more unapologetic about not finishing books than you are.
0: That's very true. I I struggle a lot to not finish a book.
1: My favourite book of the year was Stephen King's Fairy Tale. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that was mine last year.
1: Probably was. Yeah. Again, I'm a year and a half behind you uh, at least. (laughs) Sorry,
0: I didn't mean it like that.
1: But – (laughs) um. Loved it. So different to stuff that, and it was the softer. Oh yeah. See Stephen King like it was the more human Stephen King. I feel
0: like he's getting sentimental the older he gets. That's that's it. Sentimental
1: like that's exactly what it was like. Yeah, Uh, loved it. Would read it again. No, but I can't wait for Holly because that I know is totally different. Yes, it's and it and. Holly is like one of my favorite characters that he's created. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: That. Is, the cover is very similar, but the tone is very, 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 very vastly different. Um, I did, I think about Fairy Tale frequently. That was a really lovely book, which I never thought I'd say about a Stephen King book that it was lovely. Yeah. yeah I loved it. Um, favorite discovery?
1: For me, this year, it's all about connecting in a deeper level and on, on other levels, my relationship with my daughter and it all kind of came about through helping coach her football team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to appreciate a little bit more of how hard it is to be a 14-year-old mm. and and deal with 14-year-old girls. Man, I mean, if you want to know the meaning of the word patience, go and coach 14 old
0: sport team. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, I, I that was a, a really nice discovery and I didn't expect it. Mm. And I don't and I think during it I'm like, what am I doing? Like why am I putting my hand up? But I, I just I completely loved it and appreciate my daughter so much more for it mm.
0: it was an absolute pleasure to watch you go through that process too um, because it was it wasn't it wasn't begrudging you you put your hand up to help because that's what you do and soon found yourself you know co-coaching um, but to see your relationship not only with our daughter but a whole heap of girls that you would not ever have met otherwise
1: they're intimidating
0: oh honey 100 percent. they were when i was 14 and they are now that i'm 41 um and i think you know that's you showing them respect as well um which was repaid yeah. i think yeah it was just I, I it was just a pleasure to watch um and to have you and our daughter have like that common thread, that thing to talk about, that place to go a couple of times a week um, was really brilliant. Yeah.
1: I, I'm, it's off-season now and I'm really kind of so much looking forward to that connection again. Yeah. Um, definitely finding it other ways, but it's, yeah. just, it's just really nice. It's just her and I, yep. which we don't tend to do like a lot. So, I yeah, I loved it. Um, one of the really – wonderful discoveries and and kind of like emotional discoveries was at the end of the game. Um, and this is definitely tributing, um, the co-coach Dave for this is that he will honor each and every girl after the game. He'll be like, this is what you did well. Like, I really liked how you backed up in defense, was communicating well and was a great sort of sport, you know, like show great sports. Like I love that like, and he did it individually to everyone. So important um, and, yeah, it was just, that alone was just wonderful and I'm, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it next year for sure. What was your um discovery for 2023?
0: Soccer. <laughs> Turns out I really love women's soccer, like a lot. I mean, hardly original. I know we were at a friend's house about a month ago and I think I had five or six conversations with women that I had never met before about soccer, about the Matildas, about um, So, for some background, obviously. The Matild- we, we hosted the Women's World Cup in Australia this year and the Matildas, our national team, just captured people's hearts and I can't even really put my finger on why, because they didn't, they, they didn't perform particularly well in the first round, I think, of the World Cup. Um, so it wasn't like they were underdogs who, you know, made good immediately or something like that. It was just the way they carried themselves, the way they um, had decided ahead of time that their behavior and their choices were going to reflect what... Like their values, so it was very inclusive, very positive, very um, aspirational, mm. and whatever they did, it really lit people up. Oh, I was it,
1: it seriously, and that's my experience for the year. Yeah. Like was that, and I've got an alternative, but hundred percent that that was such a highlight. Yeah, so unexpected, but so. The wave of emotion and, mm-hmm. and it, was, it was like the Olympics. It was like the Sydney 2000 Olympics.
0: Yeah. We were at, You and I were at a perfect age when the Sydney Olympics were on. We were like 18, 19 and it was a joy to be in Sydney at that time um, and it felt very similar to that. Yeah, so my discovery was like, yes, the Matildas, yes, the individual players who make up the Matildas, but also just playing soccer. You know, um, we've had many an afternoon since down at the park with the kids kicking the ball around and it's just fun. So I used to think that I didn't like soccer, but I think that I didn't like men's soccer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Um, but like professionally, I mean, um, because of the, the the money and the egos and the, the, the vibe, particularly because it was um, a lot of it was modelled on, like English soccer, which has probably stereotypically, but it, at least in my mind, like a very tribal, almost oh, violent. Yeah. 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 Element the history, to it.
1: The history, it's definitely. And
0: part that of has it. never appealed to me. Like to me, it's a game, it's a sport. Yes, take it seriously, be good at it, but it's a game. And there seemed to be that understanding with the women. Not that they weren't, they were no less ambitious than anyone else. But there was also like a lightness there that has yeah, I've never found in in men's professional soccer. So anyway, it was just it was cool. Very surprising. And you told me at the beginning I of know. the year I'd be into you sh- soccer.
1: You shocked me so much. And I love the fact that you still we are still into it. Like yeah. we'll watch women's A League soccer.
0: The Tilies played in Perth. Yeah. I don't know, six weeks ago or something. And we stayed up to midnight to watch.
1: And they play Canada and like, yeah, it's just, um, it's so much fun. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah. Um, all right, your turn to go first. What is your album of the year?
0: Blurry Vision by Shred Kelly. No. Yes, shocking. I know. But that was hands down my favourite album. They were my Spotify um, Artist of the Year again, I think three years in a row. I love them. I love. I actually really, really love Blurry Vision. I listen to it a lot, and it's like a an emotional roller coaster. That album. I will cry, and I will belt out songs at the top of my voice in the car, and I will dance. And it's. I don't. Know, I love it. I love. Cannot everything I
1: do. wait to listen to it live.
0: <laughs> yes, whenever that that will be.
1: Hopefully soon.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah
1: uh, so what about, what uh, about you? I'm gonna split this up into two a favorite song and a favorite album. okay Earlier, So a lot, lot I, lis, I listen to a lot of older music mm-hmm. so but I, I was conscious I was like I need to listen to something that is new uh, new music mm-hmm. And I particularly did pretty well at the beginning of the year but my favorite album of the year is uh, by a band named Wednesday called. Rat saw good
0: i've never heard of that
1: no and you wouldn't have because I've, I've i've never played it for you but i i listen to music when i'm doing lawns yeah, and right. that sort of what stuff what sort of music is it uh, i'd call it alternative shoegazing punk country okay. it's pretty um it's pretty crazy it's a lot of noise it's just fun okay. really fun uh, and I did notice that, um, yeah, there was a lot of people nominating it for their album of the year. Really? In, in trusted circles. So, mm-hmm. yeah, take a listen to that. Okay. But my song of the year is called Too Hot for Gravy.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And it's from an artist called Seamus McCallery, who happens to be my brother. And he <laughs> did – this is only relevant for really Australian listeners who who will know Paul Kelly's – how to Make Gravy, and it's a response to that song. He actually only released it yesterday as we we're recording this. <laughs> gravy Day in Australia is the 21st of December.
0: Which is actually the day this comes out.
1: Which is the day this comes out, so very relevant. So I would ask, I would kindly ask those listeners who enjoy Paul Kelly and understand the song and know the relevance of the song, go and take a listen.
0: Providing you don't um, have an issue with
1: swearing. Oh, please do not listen to it with your kids at all. It's very blue, (laughs) but very funny. And yeah, please support it. Very Australian. Very Australian. So, uh, just, I don't know, type in too hot for gravy, uh, in, on YouTube or Spotify Mm -hmm. and you'll get it.
0: Um, so this one has always been new favorite podcast, but I'm going to broaden it a little bit because I don't think I listened to a lot of new podcasts this year. Um, so I'll broaden it to new listening experience.
1: Okay, I'm going to still keep on the podcast train. I thought you would. I did. Uh, I did change my podcast habits a little bit during the year, but mm-hmm. only briefly, and I'm now back to my old <laughs> podcast. Uh, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. I listen to a lot of. Uh, like gaming podcasts mm-hmm. and news podcasts um, this one is a little bit different um, and it kind of aligned with when I was being part of like a men's table and that's uh Hamish Blake's how other dad's dad mm-hmm. listen to a couple of episodes really like Hamish Blake very relatable very funny personality in Australia uh TV personality hosts the Lego uh, masters is Mm -hmm. it tv show has done breakfast radio part of a comedy duo like very sort of famous and he just interviews other dads about how they like to parent and they're often favorite uh, famous dads really enjoyed the insights because there's a lot to gain i think and i've i've learned my positive fathering experiences just by observing and listening to other dads Mm. and how they deal with situations. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend a listen for those dads out there wanting to find out, and and mums as well.
0: Mm. On a side note, I I have noticed a shift in you um, this year around that kind of learning and observing and applying different approaches. And it's probably, as you said, related to the men's table group that you go to once a month. Um, But also in your friendships with other dads, I think they're all dads, the people that I've seen you expand your friendship circle with. Uh, It's been intentional and I feel like at the root of it has also been a desire to learn and grow. So I know that's not a listening experience, but um, I see you. Thank I you. See, I see you. I see you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, All right, what, for you, what, yeah. what was your
1: new listening experience?
0: This is, I don't know if this is cheating or not because it's actually also music, but it's, it's an experience in that I have approached it very differently. So I have listened to music very um, intentionally really specific pieces of music yep. when i've been writing okay so i listened to um ennio marconi's ecstasy of gold over and over and over Oh, again. that is
1: so funny because I, I early in the year i remember saying to you i was like do you know that metallica yeah. whenever they have like a stadium uh, concert yeah they play this as like the introduction yes and i'd never heard it really before or all of it before i heard parts of it it is Glorious.
0: It really is glorious. It's phenomenal. So that that you mentioning that sent me down two rabbit holes. One was Metallica. I'm like, oh, I haven't listened to these guys since high school. Um, the second was Morricone's Music and that was, it was just, it's so cinematic, it's so evocative, um, but listening to one track over and over again, and I mean for hours.
1: When you're writing. When
0: I'm writing, when I'm working on my novel. I've got two songs, so that's one of them. The other one is very random song by a guy called The Fat Rat.
1: This is hilarious.
0: It's like, um, I don't know, he's big on YouTube, I think. One of our kids put me onto this this orchestral version of one of his songs called Rise Up and I listen to it over and over and over again. Like if I'm driving between here and our family's house, uh, our family's homes, it's maybe an hour and a half in the car. If I've gone out to see my parents or something, I will listen to that song. On repeat. Are you serious? Yep. I didn't for, know that. For an hour and a half. I
1: did not know that.
0: And then I will because it 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 is a shortcut. It drops me right into the headspace that I need to be in to write about to write my novel or to even think about it. Because they're both quite cinematic. So it puts me in the the visual version of the story and I'm able to imagine scenes. I'm able to unpick plot tangles. I'm able to like it's, is, I don't think it's, I don't think it's. That is so funny. Honey. Is it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just not ex- what expect, like at all. Because
0: then I will get hit with these moments of inspiration. I pause the music and I will activate voice notes on my phone. Oh, yeah. I will talk to myself. Oh, that's I will smart. write that's a note. Yeah. And it will transcribe it very badly, but it will at least get that note down. And then I put the music back on and I, I keep going. Yeah. So that has been. <laughs> Um, a very new experience for me this year, but has been so helpful. So there you go.
1: That is awesome. Yeah. All right. What has been your favorite meal for 2023? We are, this is the second to last category. Mm
0: -hmm. We're nearly there, guys. We're nearly there. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite meals this year has actually been Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. At, That's a That was my alternative. Was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. At, at Frankie and Corey's place. Yeah. So we've got friends. Um, he's American. Every year they host a Thanksgiving meal at their place. And every year they invite a few extra people. And over time, this is our second year that we've been invited. Over time it has grown into this massive, I don't know, like... 80, 90, 90 people, people. Yeah, um, hosted in their backyard and there's kids going everywhere and there's a jumping castle and there's dogs and there's it's like it's wild and amazing. And they put on this incredible spread. Like
1: three turkeys. Three turkeys. All the sides you can imagine. And
0: like proper American ah, style things. Like that's where we
1: got introduced to what is it, sweet potato casserole. Ma- casserole. With the marshmallows. hose oh oh on my gosh.
0: <laughs> so good. So weird, but so good. So, you know, the the food is wonderful, but the company is really lovely. Like the, Frankie's got good people, a brilliant yeah. family. Yeah. All of their friends are just lovely. And I've met some really good, just good people um, yeah. through parties at their house and they're incredibly generous and have certainly shifted my perspective on what it is to open your home up to people and host and give. yourself it's been food was amazing but you know it kind of expands beyond that what about you uh
1: yeah so that was definitely my alternative my number one meal was is was is ikamata which is uh cook island maori for raw fish and it's like a i don't know like it's a salad almost Mm. so it's got Um, it's made with like coconut cream, vegetables, like finely chopped vegetables and raw fish, usually flying fish is this sort of the fish that that they use. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can use like tuna, like, and I think I had a lot of tuna when I was there. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is delicious. It's so delicate the flavors are just wonderful i loved it so much and ate it so much at the <laughs> yeah. beginning of the year
0: so the fish is like lightly cured almost with like a lime juice yeah
1: so i guess the coconut and compare with the lime juice kind of cooks it yeah. a little bit but it's it is like sash, like sashimi grade fish totally yeah. yeah but with a vegetable like think finely co- mm-hmm. chopped carrots and like Root vegetables and, Yum. oh, it's just so good. Like, I want to eat it right now.
0: <laughs> you can make some for Christmas, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, final. Um, final, final category. Final category.
1: Uh, experience. And for me, I'm going to cheat just like you cheated with your book.
0: Fair enough. Uh, work, I, had, I have
1: three. So one of them was definitely the Matildas run. Mm-hmm. in the World Cup and that, how that's translated into our whole family getting behind women's soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panthers 2023 grand final yes. win, three in a row, 3 Pete. Thank yep. you very much. But probably most and my number one is the experience of recording this podcast. Oh,
0: that's very nice.
1: The Tortoise yeah. with you.
0: Yeah. Like w-
1: at the beginning of the year, we knew we needed to do something different, right?
0: Well, we, I think we just thought we were going to can the podcast, like to just wrap up the slow home pod and that was it. But it became very clear, very, very clear, early. Very early, like within
1: like a month and a bit.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, even less that we would miss recording but needed to come at it from a different angle. Yeah. And yeah. this has
1: evolved 100% organically. Yes. Like we did not know what this would look like. No. All we knew is that. We heal, we have this shared experience, we love talking in this very informal, casual way, and that they're the episodes that we always look forward to, even when we were doing the Slow Home podcast, those hostful episodes. The feedback that we got from people were, we love those episodes as well. So we're like, why don't we just do it, strip it all the way back, Mm. except for our ridiculous music at the start of the episode (laughs) and just do something that we like doing and I think it's really worked we really look forward to it yep it's a monthly podcast we have no plans on increasing the frequency of it at all uh we're just happy with doing a monthly podcast
0: yeah I think it's just such a lovely touch point every month and it was interesting actually within maybe a month or two of starting this iteration of the podcast so the monthly podcast I felt myself because the feedback had been positive I felt myself starting to think about increasing it to fortnightly or you know if we batch record we could do one a week or and I sat with that which is not what I would normally do or previous versions of me would not have done that I would not have sat with it I would have gone all right bang let's Let's, let's start recording more. Let's like double it. Let's quadruple it. Let's try and, you know, grow it. And I didn't do that this year. And I just let it be what it is. And it's, as you said, like a genuine joy, a really positive hour a month to just sit and reflect on something and also have conversations that we may not otherwise have. Exactly. And allow us to kind of dig deep into topics that interest us or that, You guys tell us that you're interested in. um, And I've certainly learnt a lot about you, about myself, about what slow living looks like to us now this year. It's been a a real pleasure. I have to say I am very surprised that it beat the Panthers' um, grand final victory though. That has shocked me. Top three. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about yours? Um, So mine is actually similar to something we've already touched on, but a bit more specifically watching the Matildas penalty shootout (laughs) with France, that was simultaneously the most stressful, joyful experience. And we watched it with some friends of ours, um, at their house. And it was Lucy and I and the kids watching it all in the front room and everyone, and these were kind of new friends. So we, we weren't like super. Um, familiar with each other at this point, and I feel like the kids bonded, we bonded, was it blo- was like yeah. A, yeah. a magical moment in time.
1: Well, Dave and I chatted at the kitchen table, you did, yeah, yeah.
0: but similarly, yeah. bonding. Um, so that was a, a genuinely awesome experience for the year in a year that had many of them.
1: Oh, totally, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so that's it, wow, that's it, what a year! So, um Just quickly, we started out, you and I started out this podcast with intentions for the year.
1: OMG, are you going to bring this up?
0: Yeah, I am. Just very briefly, as a summation of evolution, your intention was to shift to a four-day work. Four-day working week. This year, and mine was to play with the 1% experiment. How... You've touched on it briefly over the last couple of months, so people know.
1: I've never been more busy. Yep. I've never worked more in my life yep. in the last 12 months, so it's a big D. It's, it's actually a big F for me this year, big fail. However, there's always next year.
0: And I wouldn't say it was a fail in- I would. Okay. I'm just going right.
1: to be really clear <laughs> okay. and not beat around the bush, massive fail. I'd like have to you, change that next year. I don't learnt? know what it will- I don't know what my theme will be for next year, yeah. but I'll, if it's not that, I will certainly keep it as a goal, mm-hmm. as, as a conscious goal of, yeah.
0: So from that failure, as you call it,
1: do you think you've learnt something? Sitting here, like on the 20th of December, recording this podcast, it's hard to put that in perspective sure. as I wind down for the year. Yeah literally hopefully today is my last working day of the year. Yeah, I let's revisit it next okay. year. That's a 2024 problem.
0: Okay, so just so you know that's in 10 days.
1: <laughs> that's fine. Give me 10 days. I'll be fine.
0: Um okay. uh, and,
1: and so what about the 1%? It's-
0: yeah, so the 1% experiment surprised me. It didn't turn out at all like I expected. I really thought it was going to be a structured um quantifiable shift and it hasn't been that at all. Like I thought I'd spend one month focusing my 1% on health, the next month focusing my 1% on meditation, the next month, you know, and kind of really structuring it that way. It has been a layer upon layer process of letting go, like shedding layers rather than, adding things in yep and it's been exactly what i needed so it has been i don't like the idea of success in this kind of thing but it has been um a very positive experience but i'm also really curious i feel like i've got unfinished business with this idea of the one percent oh same so yeah next year my plan is to i've kind of talked a little bit about this in um, letters over on Substack and gotten a lot of comments from people uh, agreeing, but I think we're going to make it a collective experiment next year. I will be putting more information out about that in January um, for anyone who wants to join in, but I think it will, that will allow us to have a bit more structure with the way that I do the, the experiment next year. Um, And will allow people to join in and have their own, like run their own experiments alongside, just see what we learn, you know? So um, yeah, keep an eye out in January for a couple of posts about that. If you're at all interested in maybe experimenting with the power of small changes over time next year and seeing what, what shifts they can bring.
1: Um, wonderful look what a great episode can I just say uh, and reiterate love to hear your top tens over on Substack Brooke McCallery we'd also love you to be uh, supporting the podcast in any way possible and you can do that through becoming a member and we're really really grateful for those that um, contribute financially but also just contribute with their thoughts and uh, insights, mm-hmm. or, um, just that engagement over on Substack is really important and we we've, we've really, really value it. And the community is so, it's as healthy, if not healthier than it's ever been.
0: Oh, 100%. People are so engaged and it's really developing into a, a really lovely little corner of the internet, as I call it, because it's true. And there has never been a time that I have felt as supported and part of something as I do with, that, with the community that's growing up around the tortoise. And similarly to you, I'm incredibly grateful for every, every second of attention that people have given it over the year, sharing it with friends, talking about it, reading it, commenting sending me emails, supporting it financially, whatever that looks like for you, uh, just know how much it matters to us because I've said it a lot before, but I've felt for many years like I've been writing in a vacuum and even with the podcast for a certain time, um, creating in a vacuum and I don't feel like that anymore, you know, I know really that... Nice. Yeah. I know that words are connecting and I know that people are connecting and, um, yeah so uh, thank you for everything this year we are as, as we always do we're going to take January off now so there won't be a new podcast in January we'll be back in February with a new pod for the new year uh, but there will all as I mentioned there'll be a couple of posts pre-scheduled going out in January that will help you <coughs> excuse me um Maybe lock in your values for 2024 and start to look at practical ways of living those values um, over the coming year. But uh, until then, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, whatever you do or don't celebrate, whatever you do or don't do over the break, I hope that you have moments of um, delight and joy. So, yeah, thank you. Until February next year, take very good care. Bye. Bye.